All right. How is it going, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day, and welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking. Forward Thinking is a podcast where we talk to business leaders, the companies they're building, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. And today, we have an awesome guest with us. We have Cooper Harris from Quickly today. Cooper, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Very, very well. We're down here in, uh, in Los Angeles having a blast. It finally stopped raining, so I am happy. How are you, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, over here, we, uh, it's the winter. We get our good four months of solid winter in Phoenix, Arizona, Arizona where it's not blazing hot. <laughs> so I'm making, making the most of it, spending as much time outside as I can. Nice, nice. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just dive straight into it. Tell us a little bit about Quickly. Tell us about your company. Yeah, definitely. So um, Quickly, we are a startup in Los Angeles, California. Um, we call ourselves a commerce engine. So we're basically a SaaS platform. So software as a service. We have about 1,400 brands currently leveraging our machine learning, our data, and our know-how to do customer acquisition and power payments uh, off-site. So... I don't know if uh, maybe I should explain that a little. Sometimes, you know, those, those, uh, <laughs> those descriptions can get a little uh, jargony. But basically what we mean by off-site sales is when a, when a potential uh, customer, consumer, a person sees a, a marketing message or some kind of pr product promoted in an online digital capacity, we actually allow that consumer to, um, to buy it with a couple clicks. So it's a, a quite nice, like, streamlined thing streamlined payments flow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like it reduces some friction on both ends mm -hmm. of the buying process. Exactly. How did you, uh, how do you get into that? How'd you get started with that company? So um, I had finished my first company and just come off a stint of a ton of hackathons as well. And I was in a really problem solving mindset and I was on my phone. I saw, well, I was reading a cool article and then I saw this little pair of shoes pop up in the midst of it, you know, kind of a little ad for these shoes. And I was like, oh man, I actually do want these. So I was, you know, kind of in that moment, I was like, well, do I want to keep reading the article or go buy the shoes? And I was like, all right shoes win. So I click on them. It loads up this other site, takes a very long time to load and the shoes aren't there. Then I have to find them, put them in my cart, put in my shipping, my billing, my credit card number and my email. It's just very frustrating. And also I was like, man, I should have just kept reading the article. This is annoying. I ended up not buying the shoes. But in that moment, I turned to some of my engineering friends who had done a lot of the hacks with me, the hackathons. I was like, dude, like, couldn't we just do an impulse buy button? You know, that's what I really wanted in that moment. Um, and, and so that's what we built. So basically the platform ends up being a really cool um, opportunity for challenger brands that are up and coming and also larger brands to kind of compete against the Amazons of the world. Uh, similarly, it can also help uh, nonprofits get those, you know, impulse donations that they so desperately need. Yeah, I, I absolutely see the value in that. Being a small company ourselves, I can see um, how leveraging something like Quickly could help help us against the, the big ones. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in terms of the, the, the company and, and the next several, let's say, decade or so, I mean, you're, you're leveling the playing field a little bit. So how do you see yeah. it playing out for the next 10, 15 years? I guess, what's the vision for your company? <laughs> well, I mean, it's really that as we get into a more and more intelligent world, like we should have the opportunity to consummate those purchases that we want to make very quickly. Um, it shouldn't be a long drawn out process. Ideally, I'd like to just, you know, say a word, tap a button, um, and, and everything's moving in that direction, right? So we very much see that as the opportunity. Um, 
I think the, the clickly end goal is probably some kind of, you know, impulse purchase or impulse donation, um, making, making that a more seamless process, both for the consumer, but also allowing, you know, cool brands that have actually interesting, unique, differentiated products. Maybe they're better environmentally or whatever. And normally they wouldn't have a, um, a very good competitive advantage, but in our system they would. Oh man, I love that. That's uh, that's such a great such a great idea and model for the future. Speaking of the future, there are uh, hundreds and thousands of companies, obviously, building yeah. interesting technologies to to impact the future. So let's back up for a second, away from quickly for a bit, and just talk about the future in general. There, I mean, in my opinion, this is the greatest time to be alive. I think some of the yeah, totally. that is that is happening in. In Silicon Valley and across the world, just everywhere is, is quite impressive. So I'm curious, what are some spaces, whether it be e-commerce or AI or something like education, healthcare, government, etc., that you are excited about? And um, in terms of the future, like what what are what are sectors that excite you? Ah, what am I not excited about? Really, um, all of it gets me really amped. I um I'm pretty into most sectors and kind of how they're evolving in the future. Um, I think certainly like. Education is going to have to change because simply because this is so absurd, but we still learn our public school curriculum is still built on a model from the 1700s when they didn't understand brain development, right? So they had no sense of early childhood brain development and when, you know, when your frontal cortex actually, you know, kind of evolves and develops and when certain, certain centers in the brain for creating words, recognizing um, strings of letters that are words, you know, all of that, um, they didn't understand when they made our current schooling system. So it's a little outmoded and I'm excited, you know, to see how that evolves and changes. And I think it will, but, but ones that I'm like really into um, other than end of life care. And certainly like if there's anything that's going to be called death tech, I'm really interested. Um, anyone listening to this who, who knows about it, hit me up. But I think I'm really interested in like, you know, transportation, housing, even health in the future and certainly food. But, um, but in terms of transportation, and I think everything's going up there, but, you know, being in LA, being right next to Hyperloop as it's developed, being, you know, near SpaceX, certainly we have, I, I think, a really good sense of the future of transportation. And, you know, as we move to a more sharing economy, we won't all have cars, of course, obviously, you know, Envision, Uber, autonomous drivers, right? No actual drivers. And, and the cars are more like pods and you just jump in and jump out, you know, as they go along their trek. I think that's really what we're into. And then if you look at that, you know, you'll have less car ownership, but you'll have, it's almost like a hybrid public private transpo, perhaps. I think you'll actually see that go vertical too. So what I mean by that is, you know, we keep expanding roads because we don't have the ability to go in the air and you see the silly sci-fi movies and people are in the air, but we have to do that. And we will. Um, I actually think that if you look at all the scooter companies, um, they're building the logistical, like, like, um, stamp, if you will, or logistical, um, outline of what could be uh, really lightweight, easy, uh, transportation drones, right? Super simple. You even have your little parking spots for them now. Um, and one, one company that's actually doing some really stuff, interesting stuff in the drone space is Air Maps. I don't know if you know them, but I, um, we both were competing for the um, Los Angeles Business Journal Innovation Award um, last year. But in any case, I think we both won something there. But, but they just like basically tell you where you can and can't um, fly. 
And when you look at that, right, that grid being created and worked out by Aramap, and then you look at like the scooters and the things here that are being created and then Amazon making their drones and all the new drone stuff, like it's going to happen. So anyway, that's one thing I'm really excited about, you know, um, and I, I think it'll happen in a way that is, is gradual and not scary. I think everybody looks at the future of all tech and they're like, oh my God, it's going to be so frightening. But, you know, tech evolves to fit demand in humans. So at least, at least so far. <laughs> so I think we can actually feel relatively reassured that whatever comes up isn't going to be, you know, horrendous or frightening. I don't know. Yeah, I can, in terms of the last thing you said, I can get behind that. I mean, people that are developing technology, they're not developing technology for the sake of developing it. They're, they're doing it to solve problems that humans have. And yeah. I, don't, I, I do think that the world 100 years from now will look very different from the world today. But that 100-year world from now is not happening tomorrow. Like, as you said, it's gradual. So I, yeah. I completely agree. I did want to dive into two things you mentioned in terms of transportation. For us that don't live in LA, which is probably a lot of the listeners, tell us what it's like to be in the city where, where Hyperloop is being started and being built. Yeah. Like, what's, what, what's that like? Well, it's cool. You know, we, we all joke about like the traffic, right? And it's become this kind of terrible, just accepted way of life. But there are those crazy people, those visionary slash crazy people like Elon who are like, screw this, let's not do this anymore um who will do you know test test runs of these these hyperloop things you know and and one you you, you can all read about it one just went and you know it's supposedly a really strange experience because the getting down to and getting up from it was took longer than the trip itself so it's, mm-hmm. I think, you know i think they'll polish it you know i'm sure the design will get better the branding will get better how they talk about it will get better but um but the cortex there and um super exciting and then to contrast that, you know, something else that's proliferating in LA as well as every city, but we were first was the scooter revolution. So, you know, literally one day we woke up last year, I guess, you're a little over a year ago, and there's scooters everywhere on every corner. Because we, we're in Santa Monica, right? Which is where they deployed Bird the first Oh, yeah. Year. It all started in Santa yep. Monica. Wow. Yep. And they have this massive battle with the city, and they seem to have come to a reasonable-ish solution currently. Um which is, by the way, funnily enough, they have to buy helmets for everyone for free. So you, if you go on your Bird app and request a helmet, you can get it. But um, yeah, no, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's kind of a bloodbath down here with like five different scooter companies, right? But but if you look at that, that's what, it'll be the same thing in, you know, 10, 15 years, but it'll just be, there'll be more and therefore we'll have to go vertical. So there'll just be flying covering yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to say yeah. whatever it is back to the future is coming and, yeah and i see i see a real case for a lot of cities cutting down on and or eliminating cars within certain city limits i actually think that they'll go away a large a large portion so you'll be using scooters you'll be using bikes still etc yep yeah absolutely i agree with that i There's wanted some, to mm-hmm. go ahead Oh, I was just going to say there's other areas I think are really interesting too that are kind of adjacent and moving and you see similar trends across the different verticals and sectors and it's the same trend, but it impacts everybody differently, right? So I think you you see a lot of like streamlining stuff. Like I just want to streamline things, right? You see that in food with Soylent, um, you know, the, and I'm sure most people know Soylent, but it's basically like a... I call it glorified soy milk, but it's, you know, they would hate me. It's got all of it. It's got the, all that quote nutritional, whatever, you know, nutrients you need. They've added vitamins and minerals and stuff to it. Um, but for, for my money, it, it's neither tasty 
but I don't care about that, but it's also not that healthy in my opinion. This is my opinion. It has way too many carbs and the balance isn't quite right. Um, but in any case, there's a ton of cool food products that are coming out, um, like Soylent, like Beyond Meat, like um, Impossible Burger. And then you read about, um, you know, meat being grown in labs without the actual um, animal. And then that brings up a whole other interesting set of questions because I'm vegetarian. And I'm like, well, would I eat it? It solves the environmental problem, which is so devastating, right? Meat is the number one pollutant in the world. Um, not the meat itself, but the production of it. And then that's cool. Okay, does it solve the ethical problem? Well, kind of. There's not an actual animal there that you're killing. Huh. It still grosses me out. I wouldn't want to eat it. But isn't that interesting? So I think the food revolution is something that's really fantastic too. Yeah. I, I know very little about the food revolution, but I do know that I tried the Impossible Burger for the first time yeah. a, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago at an event. What do you think? It, I, mean, I liked it. It, it. I didn't know it was the Impossible Burger mm -hmm. until after I ate it. I, I don't know. It just, no it was, way. Yeah. And it, oh, wow. it, I mean, it tasted, it did, I knew something was, like, <laughs> I, it, I knew something was different, but it was still good. And it was yeah, a yeah. pretty, pretty interesting experience. And yeah. I feel like that's yeah. it, the food in general. And I guess food innovation is, um, is uh, an interesting space that uh, yeah. is obviously going to be heating up just like all these yeah. other things that you're talking yeah. about. Well, as somebody who, who, you know, being a founder, you know, I'm working what, 16, 18 hour days and I, I sleep not a ton, but, but I don't have much time to work out. Right. So for me, sleep is actually more important in terms of longevity. You have to sleep, you don't have to work out. Um, so, so, so food for me is something very interesting. And I kind of think of it as a great opportunity to, to hack kind of, because right now I have a really clean vegan protein bar that I eat um, twice a day. Actually, it's got zero sugar, very few net carbs, um, very clean. But I think that, you know, there's so much room. I think there's a weird dichotomy happening in the, just in the world where, you know, a portion of our population is getting just horrendously um, ill from the food that they're eating. That's very available at um, fast food stores, right? Or fast food places. I can't say I've been to any, but genuinely, I've never really eaten fast food. But, you know, that's one kind of gross exaggeration on one side of the spectrum. And then on the other, you've got people who are more and more and more conscientious. You have the paleo movement, you have um, the uh, ketosis thing with Bulletproof, you know, and it's just incredible to me, the disparity. It actually it really kind of mimics and echoes the disparity in just the wealth gap that's growing more and more and more. And it completely correlates, right? People who are not well off cannot afford to be like Cooper and buy the most expensive, you know, like healthy, vegan, sugar-free, you know, free range, happy protein bars that exist. So I think that something has to give for sure. I envision in the future, you know, perhaps something like Soylent that is actually a little healthier, um, where when we all have our brain chips, we can actually program it to taste like anything we want. Yeah, the the brain uh, that that what you just mentioned is super interesting. With um, I don't know how much Elon has spent on Neuralink, but I when it, when he first announced it, uh, I, I I talked about it with my um, with my girlfriend and some friends, and they just couldn't believe that that was like that. Like they, they never thought that would ever happen, but it's oh, just, funny. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, well, I mean, neither, neither did really I until, until I saw the landing page and the fact that Elon was doing it because if Elon's doing it, it's going to happen. And it's just a matter. It's not a matter of what now or, or when it, or not, is it's not a matter of if it's when, and that's, right. that's right. just, that blows right. my mind. I, I, I cannot, 
I can't imagine just taking something, pricking it into our skin, like, uh, like, like, like into your neck or something. And you see mm-hmm. all these different things happen. I, I can't imagine that world, but mm-hmm. it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It definitely is. I, I literally spend time in my meditation practice, like giving very specific directions via my brain, you know, imagining if one day I had Siri inside my head, like would it understand mm-hmm. what I'm telling it to do? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's something interesting. And then, of course, if you want to go down that path, if you look at CRISPR and everything that's available now via, like, you know, um, just modification of genes, you know, that genetic engineering to the next level, it's super interesting for not only, like, immunology, but also, like, man, like, being able to actually preventatively deal with genetic um you know, predispositions and diseases yep. that you perhaps inherited. And whoop, yeah, we're just going to cut that one up and, and resequence it, put a couple spacers in and boom, now you don't have that anymore. Yeah, it's wild. You know, I have to ask, uh, so of everyone that I've interviewed, I would say you have the widest uh, breadth of of interest in different industries for in, if, regarding the future what in what inspired or what do you think is the reason what fascinates you about the future so much to be kind of clued into all these different industries i find it fascinating because like, you're so educated on all these different sectors it's like what, what inspired that i don't know i think it's just by default i live in it right these are these are the folks that i hang out with i i have to admit that i did find myself on necker island with elon musk and a bunch of the paypal mafia and you know just hearing to hearing them talk about stuff. Um, this past weekend, I was with Anusha Ansari, you know, the first, um, she's the CEO of SpaceX now, or sorry, XPRIZE, different X there, XPRIZE, but you know, they're really pushing the bounds of what's possible and, and putting money on the table to, to get there and make it happen faster, right? Um, XPRIZE is a, just a fantastic, really cool, um, you know, company that, that does these prizes, of course, for, for things that are actually not inevitable. They're things that by definition might not happen if they didn't put, you know, millions of dollars as a a prize for figuring it out, you know? Um, So just by, I think by definition of hanging out with these folks and also being a very curious person, perhaps, um, I I guess I, I just absorb it, you know? And, and I've been a long time, like kind of biohacker wannabe, at least. I think it's fascinating. I loved chemistry growing up. So, so that's all very interesting to me, you know, just efficiencies, right? Matt, it's really about how, how can I create efficiencies in my own eating in my own life? And then, and then what other, I'm just curious what other efficiencies are happening, um, you know, in other sectors too. I have to ask, are you a fan or a consumer of, of Tim Ferriss? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, he's a, a neat dude. I don't know him well. I, I, spent a tiny amount of time with him at uh, summit series once. And yeah, he's fantastic. I think exactly like he's clearly a really um, bright, of course, but like engaged and excited, you know, guy who likes to explore things, you know, that's, and that's how I would define myself, not the guy part, but, you know, wanting to explore things, being curious. And if there is an idea for something, I want to try it out. (laughs) I'll be the first person to ask for a little Neuralink thing I can experiment (laughs) with. (laughs) <laughs> That's so cool. I, I I feel like you, if if you could ever get on to to Tim's podcast or if you ever had a conversation with him, I feel like that would lead to some some oh my crazy God. stuff. Because you're uh, you, yeah. like you're you're saying some things. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you would totally be great friends with Tim. So that that's. Cool. <laughs> I'll have, I'll have cool. to ask him one day. Yeah, totally. So you, I, I'm very interested to hear this answer because you're obviously knowledgeable in many different sectors. So so I have to ask if you had to. 
if you had to narrow down to three to five of the most influential companies uh, in in 10 to 20 years, Mm -hmm. what do you think some of those companies will be? And it could be industry agnostic. So it doesn't matter the industry, but what what are going to be the big big ones that are impacting hundreds of millions of people in, in 10 to 15 years? I mean, I think, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we already know a lot of them. Um, it's going to be Google for sure, Amazon for sure, Facebook for sure, maybe Apple, hang on a little bit. Um, but, you know, uh, we talked about, we touched on healthcare earlier, but, you know, Amazon's rolling their, theirs out and Apple's working on theirs. So so these are companies that are not just looking to build your phone, right? They want to build your, your right. healthcare, you know the whole thing really verticalized really they do everything um and and they will still i think unless something pretty cataclysmic happens i think they will still be around and probably be vying to own a lot of our um everything a lot of our everything so it's really important that we stay conscious conscientious and cognizant of like of, of who they are and what they stand for and what they do for sure other kind of not outliers, but, you know, I think, I hope that something of Elon's is still kicking. I think SpaceX is, you know, what they're doing is definitely pushing the envelope. I think it's really interesting um, whether or not it stays around. Eh. But um, but certainly those ideas will. And I think something in the neurospace certainly will um, be influential for sure. And then there's like the, you know, the little startups that I think will will play their part in in changing the landscape. Like I said, air maps are really cool. Like people think, oh, it's just like logistics for drones, but they're literally charting uncharted territory by saying, you know, here's the map that you'll be able to use when we all go up into the air to 10 to 15 feet, you know, or 20, 40, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really interesting startup called Cover, which at first blush doesn't look that interesting in that you know, they're making prefab housing, right? But it's so cool how they're doing it. And when we move into a space where not everyone feels that they need the, you know, the American dream of everyone owning your own home, which we won't all do, right? That's a kind of silly idea in a way (laughs) where we don't need that. Um, I think cover will be a a really cool forerunner of what's to come in the housing um, industry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those are ones that come to mind. And then hopefully, you know, I, I think, you know, Clickly should play some role in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're on your way. I mean, before we were, before the, we started recording, you, you were saying that you had like a thousand companies uh, or, or more. Uh, kind more, of, yeah. Yeah, we're interacting with and using um, using Clickly. So that's incredible. And, and I'm sure you'll be up there with the companies influencing um, the world. Um, and speaking of that, I want to, I want to, ask one last question about the future and vision setting and, and whatnot. So we've gone, uh, we've gone into your company and what your, your goal is for the company and your vision. We've talked about your um, kind of your thoughts on the future companies that are, that are creating that future. And a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably want to create the future too. Like they want to start a company like quickly, or they want to, they want to influence uh, thousands, millions, billions of people, but they, they don't know how. So if someone was listening that wants to build a future just like you are, like, what advice would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, I think if you have a, uh, a burning idea that's just driving you, it will be inevitable for sure. But let's say you don't have that, right? And you want to change the future. You want to have an impact. I think it's worth thinking about how far in advance do you want to change it? Are you, are you building a product that is kind of of the here and now, or is it really looking forward to support the, the here and now that will be in five, 10 years, right? 
the difference between those two questions is a difference in how you raise, who you raise from, how you strategize. You know, if your North Star has to do with, you know, consumer drones or whatever, that, that isn't right now, right? So then you need to raise more, you need to get stronger partnerships, and you need to build stair steps so that when that is the current here and now, you've built it so such that your company is the one that's inevitably there waiting to make it happen, right? Um, if you try to do that right at this moment, you may run out of money. It may not work unless you're Elon. He could do whatever he wants. Um, but I think that's a really, a really interesting thing to think about. Like us, we're building a company of the here and now. It works right now. We will evolve as we get um, into the future. And we're very clear on what we think those evolutions will be. But, but we're building something that goes to market now and people use it now. For folks who are building something um, that perhaps won't won't have widespread appeal or adaptation adoption in, until you know 10 years from now you need a very different strategy so yeah i mean maybe just think about um which of those you're building and then adjust accordingly all right you all heard it first from cooper cooper <laughs> thank you for being on the show i really appreciate your thoughts on the future and i'm sure all the listeners appreciate them too and for you listeners out there thank you for tuning in and i look forward to bringing you another episode next week and until then Hope you all have a great day.